Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-wim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and those who don't identify as either, you are listening to Ratchet and Respectable. It's dreary and gloomy and terrible outside. This is why I was supposed to go back to Ghana like two weeks ago trying to avoid this weather. Although, it was literally 73 degrees yesterday. And it's November. Like, I tried to put on a little leather jacket because I was like, I mean, I know it says 70-something, but it's November. And then I was like, dress for the weather, not the season. It didn't last long. I went to get my nails and my lashes done. And by the time I got out the shop, the weather had dipped and it was raining. And it's been raining off and on ever since then. That's no fun. I was supposed to go out last night, but I was like rain and cold and dark. I didn't feel like driving. I didn't feel like getting dressed. I am going out tonight, though, doing this group movie event to go see Marvel's. I know a couple episodes ago, I was like, I'm not the biggest Marvel fan. I like X-Men. And then someone very kindly pointed out and like, you know, X-Men is Marvel. They're just different universes. And I was like, oh, my bad. But I'm going to see the Marvels. It just came out today. I don't really have much interest in seeing it. However, it's directed by Nia DaCosta. She also did Candyman. I read on Variety, she's the first Black female director to hit number one at the box office on opening weekend. She's also the youngest person and the first Black woman to helm a Marvel Studios picture. So I'm going to see the Marvels. There's a Black girl in the lead role too, but I'm also going to support the Black lady so she can have a big Marvel opening weekend. I want her to have that good accolade and then be invited back to shoot more Marvel films and get her Black lady Marvel checks because that's good money right there. It should be fun. It's a really cute group of people. Do you remember the friends that were in town when I was in London? They were trying to get me to go see Beyonce a second time. Like I just seen her in Paris and they had an extra ticket and they were like, come, it'll be fun. Just come. And I was like, hmm, hmm. I didn't go and have no regrets about it. I told you I would have seen her again if she was in the States, but I just had no desire to see her again like a week later. I just didn't. She wasn't doing all the big outfit changes. We've discussed this before why I didn't go. But it's that set of friends and then some more friends. And then there's dinner and cocktails afterward. I'm still not indulging. That's not true. I have indulged, but not like my regular. I've been, I've cut way back. 
still trying to keep the portal open to see what God has to say. I think I know where God is going with this, but I still don't have the definitive sign. So I'm just sitting here, just waiting, just waiting. We'll see. That's all my personal news. I mean, the stuff that I'm willing to share. I have a bunch of plans this weekend, brunches and lunches and dinners. Oh my, nothing big though. No concerts, no big shows, no travel plans. (laughs) I'm just waiting. (laughs) We have news this week. Good black news. We'll start there. There were elections earlier this week on Tuesday. Lots of winners, lots of losers, unfortunately. I'm not going to highlight all of them, but I did want to draw attention to one in particular. You remember Youssef Salam? You know him if you don't know his name. He's one of the exonerated Central Park Five. He won, which was a surprise to no one in New York, but he ran for New York City Council and did win. I say it's no surprise because he ran without opposition. I just wanted to point him out because I'm really, really proud of him. You know the story of Central Park Five. He's in prison forever. God only knows what horrors he experienced going into the prison system anywhere, but especially in New York as a child. But to come out of prison and put his life back on track. He did an interview with the Associated Press after his win. And I'm reading this on USA Today. He said, I am really the ambassador for everyone's pain. He says, in many ways, I went through that for our people so I can now lead them. Good for him. Oh, there were inductees to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. There was a bunch of people. The one that stands out is Missy Elliott. She gave a shout out to her mama and posted a picture. And people were like, who that? Because the lady looked like it could be her sister, not her mama. I'm reading this on Entertainment Weekly. She also performed. It says, uh, the Grammy winner performed Get Your Freak On, The Rain, and Lose Control with her mom in the audience. EW notes that Missy Elliott is the first ever woman rapper to be inducted into the Rock Hall. Really? No Lauryn Hill? No Little Kim? I'm not mad that Missy's in there. Missy 110% absolutely deserves to be there. No question. Queen Latifah's not in there? She's made significant contributions. No? Queen Latifah did present Missy Elliott with her award. She described her as avant-garde without even trying. Yeah, that's about right. She added, trust me, nothing sounded the same after Missy Elliott came on the scene. Nothing. All the kick snares. Everything changed. The bass lines changed. The pockets changed. The cadence. The writing. And that's because Missy has always been a futurist. Someone who's always looking ahead. Yeah, that, that also sounds about right. In her speech, Missy Elliott told the room she said she's still pinching herself. Also, apparently her mother had never seen her perform live. Missy said she didn't want her mother to come to the show. (laughs) Missy curses a lot. She says her mother is a church woman. (laughs) But she invited her, for obvious reasons, to her induction to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Good for Missy. Apparently, this is going to air on ABC on January 1st. You can stream it on January 2nd on Hulu or Disney+. Plus. If I can tune in, From wherever I am in the world. I think I'll be in Ghana. Actually, I know. I'll definitely be in Ghana for New Year's. I'll try to watch it then. If I can, you know, drag myself from the bed. Last year, New Year's Eve, I didn't get home till... Was it 10 (laughs) a.m.? Oh, Ghana nights. Or better, mornings. (laughs) I think that's it for our good black news for the week. Oh, no. No, no, no. Nicki Minaj is on the cover of Vogue. Is that her first Vogue cover? Let me look this up. 
Yes, yeah, CNN says Nicki Minaj makes U.S. Vogue cover debut. Her new album, Pink Friday 2, is coming out in early December. Um, that's why she's on the cover. She looks very beautiful. The cover image is very nice. She's got on off-white silk, I believe. Hair, makeup, pose, body. She looks very nice. I'm surprised she's not on the cover with Papa Bear. There is a picture of her and Papa Bear. That's the baby. She doesn't tell us the baby's real name, which is fine. Cutie patootie baby. There's a picture of her and Papa Bear. It's very Mother Mary. But Nikki has on, she has on makeup. But it's a very clean, natural face. And she's cuddled up with her baby. It's a very beautiful image. She's a pretty woman. The article is very, usually, I told you I'm not like the biggest Nicki Minaj fan. I just went ahead and read the article because I know a lot of people just really love Nicki. And I was like, well, let me be informed. Very sanitized article. Because, you know, Nikki come with some shit. She's always in some kind of controversy. The article acknowledges her beef with Miley Cyrus. There's no mention of Cardi. There's no mention of Meg. No mention of Little Kim. Those are the ones that pop out in my head. She's had beef with a bunch of the new girls, too. There is a line in the article that says something about her beefs may overshadow her music. And then it goes on to talk about Miley Cyrus. And I was like, who cares? Like, I barely even remember that. I remember she said something about it. I want to say like an MTV Awards, like what's good, Miley? Here's the one that really got me, though. There's a whole significant section where Nikki talks about, I'll read you the part of the story. It says, of all the notions about Nicki Minaj that have permeated the public consciousness, the one that rankles her the most, she says, is the idea that she is not nice. What? She's upset that people call her mean. And I was like, you do see that like for years, you be flipping out on people. That's why they call you mean, sweetie. Nicki makes a distinction between being mean and being a bitch. She says, when I hear the word mean, I think about the core of who a person is. I always tell people that the difference between being mean and being a bitch is that bitch passes. Bitch comes and goes. Mean is who you are. I could be the biggest bitch at the height of my bitchness. But if the person I may be cussing out at that time needs something from me, I'm going to give it to them. I have to be able to look in the mirror and be okay with myself. Yeah. Okay. I just ran off the list of people she's been beefing with. Like, there's a reason that people think you mean. I'm going to give her this great little piece of advice because I went through this at one point. I remember this book and I just picked it up. Like I was in the self-help section. You know, I love a good self-help book. It's called something like what got you here won't take you there. And it's the idea that to launch the first part of your career, you have to develop certain skills. And then once you get to a certain place in your career, in this instance, in the book, he was talking mostly about the corporate structure. But he was like, once you get to upper management, it's a given that you have like the practical skills that you know how to do the job. And it becomes more about, do you have social skills? Do you have people skills? Do you have networking skills? Because at that point, people are hiring you for your likability and your ability to lead more than they are for, do you know how to do the work? Because it's assumed that you can, or it's assumed that you know how to delegate to people who can. His strategies for people who knew that they had the skills, but weren't getting to the positions that they wanted to get in. He was like, take a proper assessment of like the things that people say about you. Like, what are the things that keep coming up? It might be a misconception, but it's a perception nonetheless. Specifically for people who are considered closed off or mean 
You might believe that you're correcting or informing. Other people take it as you're like a know-it-all. And you feel like you're having a discussion. Other people might feel that you're argumentative. And that might be one way that they think that you're mean. It was like, maybe they're right. Maybe they're wrong. If it doesn't have like a direct effect on you or the bottom line for the company, do you need to be the person to say it? Let somebody else say it. It's like, maybe you are right. Do you need to say that you're right? He was like, you don't have to do anything new. There's just certain things that you may need to stop doing. I say this to say that if Nicki Minaj feels that people are perceiving her as mean, and I think a lot of that label comes from her seeming constant beefs with other women in the industry. Maybe she just don't say shit. Maybe it's the Beyonce strategy. Let the mofos talk. Just let them talk. It's not like somebody says something and then you retort and then people are like, oh, okay, well, Nikki's right. At this point, people say things, you perceive them as slights, whether they are or not, you respond. People automatically think that you're the bad guy because you're constantly in these beasts with people. You're the common denominator. It's very possibly likely that you feel that you don't get the respect that you deserve. And there are people who are taking slights at you all the time. Heavy is the head that wears the crown. Although some people would argue that Nikki doesn't have the crown anymore, but that's not the point. The point is, if you don't want to be perceived as mean, stop arguing with mofos. Huge step. There's this really popular quote. I have no idea if it's real or not, but it's attributed to Keanu Reeves. And he was like, I'm at the point in my life where I just don't argue. He was like, if you say two plus two is five, sure, you got it. He was like, I just don't desire to be in conflict. And you thinking what you think really has no effect on me whatsoever. Nobody says he's mean. He's actually known as one of the nicest actors in the industry. I mean, maybe there's something to it. Also, in this sanitized Vogue article, they talk about Nikki's like personal life. I'll read you the passage. It says she married Kenneth Petty, a high school flame with a checkered past. Is checkered a euphemism for convicted sex offender? He has to register on the sex offenders list to this day. Is he still currently on house arrest? He got the little monitor on his leg for threatening offset. Okay. A checkered past. Okay. The rest of the article, I mean, again, like I told you, it's pretty sanitized. I don't know. I'm not, I'm just a casual Nicki Minaj fan. I don't really read the articles. I don't follow the page. I'm not tapped in. But most of the things they talked about in the article were things that I was mostly aware of. She got a breast reduction. I didn't know that. She was developing an addiction to Percocet. She had painful menstrual cramps. Her doctor prescribed Percocet. She said it was enormously helpful until she found out that she was taking medication even when she wasn't in pain. Percocet is some good shit. I took Percocet for two weeks when I had shingles. You feel nothing. You feel nothing. That's not the point. The point is she was taking Percocet. She's very scared of becoming an addict because her father has had addiction issues and she feels that she's prone to them because of her dad. So she doesn't do drugs at all. And even with Percocet, she was like, eh, I'm good. So she didn't develop an addiction. It's just like something that came up in the story. But yeah, there's nothing remotely scandalous or salacious or I would say for the most part new in the article, but it is her first, you know, cover of Vogue. I don't really know who Vogue's demo is i guess this is their introduction to Nicki minaj so they got the summarized version of the last like i don't know almost 20 years it wasn't a particularly interesting read but the pictures are pretty trying to support the black woman today's episode is brought to you by angie 
Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs and projects done well. Let me tell you, there's the version of it where you try to do something at home, and then there's a version of it where you have someone help you, you watch them do it the right way, and you go, thank God I didn't try to do that myself. I have fully done things around the home that I think look good, and then a bang in the night, and I wake up to a shelf collapsing, a painting falling off the wall. Like it, I've, I've seen it all go south. I own a home, and I can tell you... I know how much work it can take, whether it's everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality. It can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is Angie that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Whatever your home project, big or small, indoor or outdoor, you can Angie that and connect with skilled professionals to get the project done well. Right now, one of my wish lists is I want a bike for my condo in Milwaukee and I would love to rig it up on a pulley in the ceiling because I have one of those like lofted ceilings, but I'm so scared to try that on my own. Angie has 20 years of home experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app. Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com. Oh, Lori and Damson, Lori Harvey, Damson Idris, they've gone their separate ways. The blogs noticed first that Lori had deleted all of his pictures and they were no longer following each other on social media. And then shortly after the blogs had started talking about it, there was an official press release. I don't remember who they sent it to and I really don't care. Press releases about a boyfriend and girlfriend breaking up are insane to me. Especially when we're talking about like a 26-year-old. I think Lori's 26. Damshin should be about 31 at this point. Maybe going on 32. She's 26. Damshin ain't gonna be the last person she dates and breaks up with. I've said this so many times before. Everybody that you date is not meant to be your husband. Everybody that you're in a relationship with is not meant to be your husband. It seems like they had good fun and then, you know, things didn't quite work out. Deleting all the pictures I get because, you know, you're no longer in the situation. But the unfollowing, I'm like, did it end that poorly? Like, y'all can't even follow each other on Instagram? Is it too painful to see the pictures or did y'all have a blow up or I don't know. Is that the ill subliminal way of telling everyone that you broke up before you make the statement? Is it like the soft launch for the breakup? Like, I don't... Again, we're also talking about, you know, a 26-year-old. I don't always understand the logic, but whatever. I adore Lori Harvey. Everybody knows this. I adore her mama, too. And honestly, I, I kind of adore Steve. Steve is one of my problematic faves. Now that he's not giving relationship advice on the regular, he's actually way more likable to me. I wish Lori the best. I wish Damson the best. He'll be fine, and so will she. They are highly attractive young millionaires in their prime. I'm sh- I'm sure, I'm positive they'll find love again. Or like, or whatever that was. The pictures were cute while they lasted. I do feel a bit bad for him, though. Only because it's his first public relationship. He's kind of, not even kind of, he's notoriously private about his dating life. Like, I don't think until Lori Harvey, he'd ever posted a picture with anyone. There'd been speculation about who he might be dealing with or people he might have been seen with out and about, but actually posting someone on his personal social media, he barely posts anyway. 
Lori Harvey was the first and only, to my knowledge. I think he posted a picture or video of Sweetie playing the piano once. And then when people were like, oh my God, are you dating Sweetie? And he was like, oh, we're just friends. Actually, I asked him about that when I interviewed him and he was like, nah, there was nothing to it. I mean, there could have been, but Lori's the only person he's ever publicly claimed. And then, you know, it lasted a year. There were great vacations, great advertorials for Prada and Pretty Little Thing. And now, you know, the situation has come to an end. I wish them the best. Speaking of couples, I tried, y'all, to watch that Jeezy Nia interview because I talked about the clips last week. And I said, like, I'm just watching the clips. I reserve my commentary until I watch the full episode. I tried. I think I made like 20 minutes and I was like, I kept reading the comments and people were like, this is so profound. This is so necessary. And I was like, is it? I mean, they were having a conversation, like a black man, a black woman of grown age were having a civil conversation about life. I thought Nia was a good interviewer. She has good personality. I thought Jeezy was a little, for lack of a better word, inarticulate. I also couldn't figure out what the purpose of this conversation was. And not to say that it had to have some bigger purpose. I just didn't have like the context for it. Like it's not like a sit down with Gail King or Tamron. Like they're in conversation. Okay. And I was like, is this supposed to be like a modern day James Baldwin, Nikki Giovanni? I just didn't understand. And I was like, is this promo that Jeezy has put out for his new album? Like, is this his way of addressing the conversation about his divorce in a controlled environment? Like, is this branded content? Like, I just didn't know exactly what it was. And maybe that's why I had trouble getting into it. I will say this, though. It did make me want to read Jeezy's memoir. I had no interest whatsoever in his memoir when I heard it was coming out. I want to say it came out in September, not so long ago. He talked a lot about his childhood, a lot of death. He talked about his mother basically being abusive. He left home when he was 13, went to the street. Drugs was, you know, as much about money as it was about family and community. All very interesting. He just, no, I think it was the context of it. It's like he wanted to be interviewed. And I'm not mad at Nia Long. Like, there's nothing wrong with Nia Long during the interview. But I'm like, why not a journalist? Was this all scripted? Is this all rehearsed? And people were like, it's so authentic. And I was like, is it? I watched as much of it that could hold my attention. And I was just like, okay, like I'm bored to tears. I'll go back and try again, only to discuss it here with y'all because people keep talking about it. Like I want to be informed, but I just, it didn't work for me. It didn't make me want to go buy the album. It made me curious about him. It made me have some interest in the book. Like understand to like buy it. I have to like buy it and then put it in a suitcase and carry it across an ocean. Am I going to do that? Sheila Johnson, sure. Pinky Cole, sure. Jeezy? Maybe I just wasn't the demo for it. Like, I've never listened to a Jeezy album in full. Like, I only know the singles. I'm not, like, a hardcore fan. I just... I wish him the best. Him, Jeannie, Nia. I would like to see more sit-downs with Nia, though. I find her very direct in a fun and refreshing way. And also, she's just really, really beautiful, and I like looking at her on my screen. I mean... TV is a visual medium. What do you want? 
Speaking of Sheila Johnson's book, this is my casual reminder that we start reading Sheila Johnson's book on Tuesday. I think we decided we were going to do the first 100 pages. Someone asked me, they were like, what chapter is that? Listening to Audible, it's loosely chapters one through six. A new chapter starts on page 99. It doesn't make sense to just review two pages of the new chapter. So pages one to 98 for the readers and chapters one through six for the listeners. That's what we're going to be discussing on Tuesday for our unofficial What's Demi Reading book club. I can't wait to talk about it. Last but certainly not least, we need to talk about Kiki Palmer. I take no delight whatsoever in this news. First and foremost, I want to extend my sympathies to Kiki. This story broke last night and is moving very fast. And there's a lot of pieces. I'm going to talk about it in as much detail as I can because it's it's new news. But this has got to be completely overwhelming to her. The last time there was a big incident with Kiki, the Usher situation, when her then-boyfriend, child's father, had publicly shamed her over a dress that she wore to the Usher concert. I pointed out, I think Kiki was still 29 at the time, that we've watched Kiki grow up, watching her perform, entertain, be in the public eye since she was about 10, up until this guy entered her life. There had literally been no scandal from Kiki Palmer. There was a story about Trey Songz being pervy and predatory. She had to lock herself in a closet. I don't consider that her scandal. That's Trey Songz did some crazy shit and she had to go hide in a closet to get away from him. And then she spoke out about what happened because that's some crazy shit. But in 20 years of her being in the public eye, all of her teenage years, all of her early 20s, we never got a scandal from Kiki Palmer. Kiki's nickname was Kiki Keep a Job Palmer because she was going to be on your TV. She was going to be on your concert stage. She was going to be in your films. She was going to be on daytime TV. Keeps the job. And then now, ever since taking up with this guy, it's been, I wouldn't say scandal after scandal, but I would say like the Usher thing happened in the summer. And that was a big blow up. All the publications were talking about it, even internationally. And then now here we are in the fall. She filed a restraining order against him. She accuses him on two different occasions of physically assaulting her. The most recent one being November 5th. The restraining order came to light on November 9th because restraining orders, court documents are public record. Um, She's also filed for custody of her son with this man. Um, she doesn't feel the baby is safe around him. And based on the details of the restraining order, I would say that's an accurate assessment. Let's get into the details. I'm reading this on Us Weekly. Kiki Palmer is seeking a restraining order against Darius Jackson. That's her ex-boyfriend and child's father. She's requesting sole custody of their eight-month-old son, Leo. Palmer accuses Jackson of abusing her multiple times over the course of their two-year relationship. Palmer claimed that she has security footage. She included in her restraining order images of the videos that she has from inside her house. That's how they made it to the internet. She says Darius Jackson, quote, trespassed into my home 
without my knowledge or consent. And I was like, is that legalese for he broke into your house? She says he, quote, threatened her before, quote, lunging for my neck, striking me, throwing me over the couch and stealing my phone. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Radar Online has more details about the incident. Us Weekly gave a very sanitized version. She said before 11 a.m., Jackson burst into her bedroom and demanded to see their son. Palmer said he wanted to take their eight-month-old to a football game. She told him no. She said Jackson started screaming at her, and that's when she says he lunged at me, grabbing at my neck, i.e. tried to choke her, knocked me backwards over the couch. That's what's shown on the video stills that have been circulating around or one set of them, stole my phone out my hands. I read somewhere else, she said she threatened to call the police, and that's when he stole the phone and ran out of the house. The police were called. Um, The police told Palmer to file a restraining order, which she did. Also in this restraining order, she talks about an incident that happened in February of 2022. She said she and Jackson were at a friend's party And she showed him a photo of her workout results. In the picture, she was wearing a bikini. She said he became enraged. She said, on the drive home, I was worried that we would get into an accident because of how angry he was. She said he spent the rest of the night, quote, yelling at me, not letting me sleep so he could keep yelling at me. She said once they got into the bedroom, he slammed her on the floor and he slapped her head from side to side. She says the next morning, he was standing at the bottom of the stairs near the front door, screaming at me as I was coming down the stairs. When I was almost at the bottom, he grabbed me around the neck and body slammed me back onto the stairs. There's also video stills of this. As of this morning, a judge had issued a restraining order and granted her sole custody. They have to go back to court, I believe, in December to determine if the sole custody is permanent or not. This has been an absolute mess since the story first broke. The first thing that came out was that Kiki was filing for sole custody. And this is before news of the restraining order had hit the blogs. But people had started like ripping into Kiki Palmer about trying to keep this Black father from his son, bitter single mothers. Still, before news of the restraining order, Darius Jackson has an older brother. He was dro on Insecure, the married guy who said he had an open relationship. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but he was dealing with Molly, the real tall guy, light-skinned. I keep seeing people refer to Darius and his brother as sugar cookie color and can't get it out of my head. His name is not tied up in this. It's his brother's name. He takes it upon himself to tweet and delete the most disgusting, vile, abusive, manipulative person I have ever encountered in my entire life. Abuses almost everyone. Y'all will see. 
just sending positive energy to the babies. Any child in the middle of something like this does not deserve it at all. Wow. So damn sad. So he doesn't say like exactly who this is about. It seems like it's about Kiki, but again, there's no names. But it's like, well, did he just write this shit about his brother? Did he just throw his brother under the bus? Kiki's mama, Miss Sharon. I follow Kiki's career. I wouldn't say pretty closely, but close enough. I've never seen Miss Sharon before. I knew she existed. I knew Kiki and her mama were really close. Like I've seen pictures of her. I've seen on the internet some messy mamas getting involved in children's drama. Blueface's mama, Scrappy mama. Um, what's the other girl? Angela White. Formerly known as, um, the girl rebranded so hard, I don't even remember her name. What's the girl's name who got rid of her plastic surgery and took her piercings out and found Jesus and dyed her hair black? I don't remember the girl's name from her old life. No, talk about a good rebrand. But her, her mama though, be involved in some shit. I've never seen Kiki Palmer's mom involved in anything. In response to Big Brother Jackson, Kiki's mama released a video and was like, hey, I came to you over a year ago telling you that your brother was abusing my daughter. And your response to that was, well, you know, I used to be like that too. Mama Palmer, Miss Sharon, was like, you are Hollywood's biggest fuckboy. She called him a fuckboy at least twice. Literally, Miss Sharon, Mama Palmer, was spitting mad in the video. Like, you could see the spit flying out of her mouth. Once I saw that video, I was like, oh, everything they say he did, he did. Big brother, I'm like, this wasn't your fight. Like, I understand you want to protect your little brother. You see him getting slammed online. But I was like, if this was ever a time to not give a fuck publicly, when it's not your turn, this was it. Call your brother. Text your brother. FaceTime your brother. Drive over to your brother's house and make sure he's good. Y'all family, I expect y'all to do that. And I'm not even mad at it. But publicly defending this mofo... Now you caught up in this shit. People calling your little brother an abuser. Now they calling you an abuser too. You could have sat in private with your brother and y'all together could have ate y'all food. But no. This is a mess. I was like, you popped out there giving a fuck when it wasn't your turn. And apparently didn't know about the restraining order. Initially, when reports of the restraining order and what was in it started circulating, Kiki said that she had video of the November 5th incident. And then Radar Online broke the story and was like, oh, no, there's two incidents and there's video stills included in the restraining order, which means there's video in Kiki's possession of two different assaults. As of right now, she's asking for sole custody and restraining order, which, again, this morning were granted. If she's got you on video beating on her, if she's got you on video breaking into her house, that's at least trespassing and assault. I'm sure if I call some lawyer friends, they could give me five or six other charges just to go along with that. I'm going to also say this. This isn't an I told you so. This is a PSA, if you will. A reminder to folks that every time somebody says something that you don't like, it doesn't mean they're a hater. It doesn't mean that they're bitter. It doesn't mean they're trying to destroy your love or break up your happy home or keep a single woman single or, I don't know, encourage single motherhood. Sometimes folks have just lived and done enough dumb shit and learn from it that they're actually trying to help your ass. Back when the situation with Usher happened, when Darius publicly shamed Kiki for an outfit that he that she wore to the concert, I had made a list of observations 
about that whole incident. The top two on the list and the ones I got the most flack for were pointing out once they start publicly embarrassing you, it's all downhill from there. The second thing, bitching about appearance and friends is usually where the crazy starts. I knew something wasn't right in their situation by the way that he publicly embarrassed her. He didn't like the dress. He's fine. He cannot like the dress. He doesn't want her to dress with her ass out. That's a conversation that they can have privately. The fact that he put it on the internet and invited people to shame her was some real evil shit. It was way more than like, oh, I didn't like the dress. It's also very controlling for a man to try to tell a woman what she can and cannot wear or what she should and should not be wearing. So many men, I would dare say the vast majority of them, think that it is appropriate, think that they have every right to tell a woman that they're dating or even in a relationship with or married to even what she can and cannot wear. Just because a lot of people do it, just because a lot of people normalize it, just because a lot of people interpret that very, very controlling behavior as something cute doesn't make it anything different than what it is. It's controlling. And it's an early warning sign of abusive behavior. You done spent your whole life before you met this man being able to pick out your hair, your clothes, your shoes. And now because you're in a relationship, he gets to tell you what you can and cannot wear. What? We have a discussion about it. You can ask me, but tell me like I'm a child. No. There were very many people, mostly women, who were like, hey, red flag on the play. Hey. And they were called all these names. All these terrible things were said about them. People came for my throat. People would just say anything to discredit my point of view on that. And it's like, I'm not being a hater. I'm not trying to break up a family. I'm I'm pointing out that like, yo, he ain't right. Something off. His perception of her is off. His perception of what he thinks is appropriate to do is off. It's not being a hater. It's trying to be a helper. Everybody's not out to get you. This is not something I enjoy being right about. I like being right about the plots in TV shows. This is the person that was behind the hijacking. This is the person who's the real father. But real world shit, like a woman being abused, physically, emotionally, mentally, financially, any of that. No, I don't want to be right about that shit. I take no joy in it. I feel awful for Kiki Palmer. I hate that her most vulnerable moments, I'm thankful that they're blurry. I'm thankful that they're not zoomed in, that there's no pictures of bruises if there were any or emotional pain on her face, because I'm sure that happened. You don't just get slammed into stairs or thrown over a couch and you just have no reaction. I hate that these images of her very vulnerable moments of probably some of the lowest moments in her life are all over the internet. They were submitted as part of public documents, so it's fair game for all the journalists to report on them. There's also a part of me that happy, glad is not the word, that there is proof Because until the still showed up, it was he said, she said, and she's probably just accusing him of this because she's trying to take the baby away from his father. She's making up allegations to get sole custody. I just hate that, like, that's the kind of proof that is necessary. And there's still people in denial about it. I hate that people require, like, to see you getting beaten or to see you getting slammed on the steps or yoked up or tossed over a couch in order to believe that something bad happened to you. That's the culture that we live in. That's the episode for this week. I was supposed to talk about the new show. I guess it's not new. It's on week four. 
Black cake. It's a lot to discuss. I'll save it for Tuesday's episode. I had absolutely no interest in the show, even with it being about Black people, even with Oprah being the executive producer. I saw the trailer for it. I saw the art to promote it. And it just, it just didn't do it for me. It didn't connect for me. And I was like, yeah. A mother dies and decides to leave recording, spilling her tea. It's very typical Oprah fair. She loves a good family scandal exposed. I just, I had no interest. But so many people wrote into me about watching this show. And they were like, it's really, really good. You're missing out. Like, oh my God, it's amazing. You really need to watch it. Like, okay, I'll give it an episode. And then ended up watching all four episodes at once and like screaming and gasping and like, this is some unbelievable shit. It's almost as crazy as Sheila Johnson's book. We'll talk about it next episode for sure. Give folks that haven't seen it yet a chance to tune in over the weekend. Okay? All right. Talk soon. Be safe. Bye.